Alrighty, welcome into the 2022 edition. This is the second ever March Madness podcast between myself, Jack Dean, and my college roommate, Chase Michelson, that you have known from last year's podcast. And um, we have another Selection Sunday in the books, another bracket out and ready to be analyzed by us, who are clearly very credible and I'd say college basketball geniuses, but I'm not sure if the John Rothsteins of the world would would agree. But um, yeah, welcome in. Thanks for having me. Um, this is March, so it's always good. Right, uh, as Rothstein great, would say, it's a great time of year. Um, it is. It really is fun. Like just everything about it, right? Like Selection Sunday is always exciting, and then like the next few days are going to be cool because we're going to be analyzing this and overthinking it and. And then it's all going to happen, like those those first 96 hours with 48 games. I mean, you just really can't beat that. And from last year, if you know me, you know, I like to pretend like I can have a great bracket. You know, I like to go into this thinking... A perfect bracket. This is going to be... Well, no, as I've told you off podcast, this year is the first year I've accepted it will not be perfect. That's so good. I'm going in with lower expectations, but this time I am confident it will be a great bracket. 67 out of 68. Right. That's right. what we're shooting for. Yeah. So, just want to start out before we get into things, you know, talking about what we're doing um, since we last did this podcast. Um, myself, I have moved to Los Angeles, California. You have moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. This is true. Uh, we are both working in sports if you are listening to this and you are one of our good buddies from michigan state you know that we are both sports journalism people uh both have degrees in journalism and um it's it's honestly is a blessing i feel like to work in sports and and both of us do something that we genuinely are passionate about that relates to what this podcast is going to be about as well yeah no doubt would you say you feel like you use your degree oh oh my god well i mean like, I write for Fox now. Like, I am doing some editorial type of things. So, you know, I know when to use there, there, and there. Okay. So that's big for the journalism, right. you know. Um, I mean, you don't do anything. No. No, nothing with my degree. <laughs> Definitely not. No. no. I work, I'm an administrator at the Westgate Superbook, which is the largest uh, sports book in the world. Um, so yeah, so give us like a one sentence what you do. We're the boys in the desert, you know. Like uh, it's not necessarily me, but my bosses are making the lines, looking at um, all the teams and basically every sport, um, creating lines, uh, moving them, and generally running the sports gambling world. Um, the Westgate was pretty innovative and uh, developing a lot of things. Um, Super Bowl props every year. 50-page packet, things like that. Um, the props for the tournament this this week will be extensive. Um, so it's an it's an exciting place if you're ever in Las Vegas. There's not a better place to watch a game. Seven giants, and I do mean giant screens. Uh, you know, ten times the size of your TV at home. Uh, good drinks um, and a great atmosphere. So it's it's a cool place to work for sure. 
That is dope. And I know that, you know, I'm going to promote the shit out of this episode. And I'm hoping that, you know, we have a good number of listeners that, you know, we, we know tons of people that love betting on sports, love that aspect of it. Um, you know, we have some friends from Michigan State that, like, I feel like really got me. I mean, in high school for me, like, I wasn't really paying attention to lines or anything like that. And right. College came, and it's just everything now. And then now I am not legally allowed to bet on sports, so that's quite yeah. unfortunate. But, that is unfortunate. you know, I pay attention to lines and stuff like it's that. It's just so yeah. much more, uh, like, widespread now than it ever was before. Like, it's legal in a lot of places that it wasn't before. You don't have to, like, go to, like the shady mob connected guy anymore right like you don't have like a more. bookie anymore really right i mean people obviously do but i'm saying like right it's not it's... a necessity <laughs> right right exactly um but yeah uh, since last year's podcast i i recently got a job and started with fox sports so i'm doing both my nfl gig and working for fox sports and fox obviously with the rights to a lot of conference games uh in college basketball and um just hosted you know the, the Big East Championship last night, so it, it's really cool to have a job that I can say that I get to work and watch my favorite sport of all time, which has always been college basketball. And now here we are in March. Um, this is March. So this is March. Now that we're there, I mean, take it as you will with the credibility aspect of it. <laughs> we're just out here having fun, trying to give you guys the stats and the insight that you. You know, not a lot of people watch college basketball like we do, and in the volume that we do. So, right, that I guess could be the goal of this episode as well. But as I mentioned before, a lot of you know championship games and conference happened this past weekend in their respective tournaments. Today was the SEC championship and the Big Ten championship. So both of those games just wrapped up before uh, Selection Sunday kicked off. Um, what are your initial reactions to? these conference tournaments uh that texas a&m should have won today and they would have made the tournament so all the people complaining about texas a&m not making the tournament uh they had their opportunity uh, they didn't take advantage of it um, and when you go nine to nine in conference and have no notable non-conference wins and then you get hot for a week in march and you get upset because you're not in the tournament i don't really have a lot of sympathy for you I love the people that are, like, genuinely upset that A&M didn't make it. They're just, like, they're the hottest team in college basketball. It's it kinda doesn't like, matter. Okay, so you clearly just don't understand how this works. Well, it's like, <laughs> okay, if you discount November, December, January, and February, then, yeah, they should definitely be in. They should be, like, right. a three seed. Right. Oh, they should be on the one line. <laughs> right, but, like, that's not how it works. Like <laughs> They win today. I mean, they're the number one overall seed. So, yeah, it's them in, in Gonzaga. Um, but other than A&M, which obviously was uh, the fourth team in the four, first four out, uh, heartbreak for Oklahoma, SMU, Dayton especially. Um, you know, I, I really thought Dayton was getting in until they lost that conference game that they really shouldn't have lost. They were up by, like, five with, like, four minutes left. Yeah, Richmond is uh, quite lucky to be in. Um, Dayton lost Malachi Smith in that game, and, and everything. They just sort of fell apart after that. I mean, they... They obviously are a team that has the remnants of a really good team from a couple years ago, but no more Obi Toppin, no more Jalen Crutcher. And when Malachi Smith got hurt, it felt like uh, the team just didn't have a leader, and they kind of fell apart in that game. It's such a shame, too, because this is the same team that beat Kansas early in the year, and you were like, wow, 
they almost had like a Texas is back moment. You're like, holy shit, Dayton is good. Like again, yeah, but they did lose to Austin like, P and Lipscomb, right? right. So that's tough. That's but yes, tough for them. but yes, no, for sure. When they beat Kansas, that was very exciting. Um, you know, just wrapping up bubble teams here for a second. Um, shout out to Richmond, like you mentioned, bid stealer, yes, one You know, just absolute textbook definition of a yes. bid stealer. It's so yes. good to have that. Uh, I feel like there is one like every year. Well, I mean, last year Oregon State made the Elite Eight, right? Which is, I mean. And then they won four games. Yeah. Didn't they win zero conference games this year? No, you're thinking at Georgetown. Oh, right. Oregon State won one conference game. Nice. So they were, they were firing on all sides. All right, Beavs. And they still had, like, a couple guys from that Elite Eight team this year. Yeah. And I, like, watched an Oregon State game one time for work, and I was just like, wait, I know those guys. Yeah, Why are you a yeah. one-win Oregon State Beaver team? Yeah. Like, at least be 9-9. Nine and nine. But anyways. Well, because they weren't a tournament team last year um, until they won the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, that's the answer. Right. Um, so let's let's transition there to get into bubble teams. Let's start talking about the first four games that are coming up on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm not sure when this episode will get out. I'm hoping to get it out before the first four begins. But regardless, let's talk about the games Starting off on Tuesday, we get to see the orange hot Indiana Hoosiers. They're oh, like yeah. kind of hot, but they also just like don't look that good every game, regardless. But then they find a way to pull it out. They're like the Walmart Villanova these past few weeks. Like Villanova wins every game by three, and you're just like, wow, they're like barely escaping, but they look good doing it. Indiana looks terrible doing it, but they're just escaping and they're just finding a way, and I love it, honestly. Well, except for when Jordan Bohan had banked in a three from the parking lot, cementing right. my hatred of the Iowa basketball program. Well, but, I mean, what are you going to do when a guy's 35 years old out there balling in, yeah, it's not against fair. college kids? So. Yeah, it's not fair. That's not fair. Um, but Indiana-Wyoming, any just like real quick like predictions for that game? Um, well, one thing, Wyoming doesn't... Um, they have a really short rotation. Like, they don't use their bench. They basically play six guys. So, Indiana play like, if Indiana could speed them up and play a fast tempo, I think that's advantage Indiana. Um, Indiana's favored by three and a half points in this game at Westgate, which is the lines I will be using <laughs> for all the lines I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, uh. But um, the, the one one I guess advantage for Wyoming is Hunter Maldonado, the point guard's a big dude. He's six foot seven. And the Indiana guards are not big. Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, these are short guys. Six one, six two. Um so it'll be interesting to see if he could use that size advantage. But overall I think Indiana's a much more talented team. Um but I think their best shot is is, is Maldonado kind of working sort of an inside out. Um, game and using his size to his advantage because other than that, like I mean, it's a lot of times where you have the small conference teams playing bigger conference teams. The difference in talent is pretty apparent. Obviously, like Wyoming doesn't have a guy that can match up with Trace Jackson Davis. Like that's obvious. So um, we'll see. I mean, Indiana's more talented, but they also, like you said, they like to choke and lose games in weird ways. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um... I was going to bring up Trace Jackson Davis. Like, Wyoming, absolutely. I've watched a couple Wyoming games this year because they are Mountain West, and uh, we have those rights for work. So they, they just don't have a guy that can match up with Trace Jackson no. Davis. But very few teams do in the entire right. nation. So right. 
Um, I think Indiana does have that slight edge there. They're also just, you know, they're the program. So I know they don't have a whole lot of guys that are the program, but they still are the program, and it's just like can't really pick why I just can't pick Wyoming against the Indiana Hoosiers uh, this year. Uh, moving on to Wednesday's game versus uh, or it's Rutgers versus Notre Dame. I'm calling this the worst game of the year because so nice. I don't think either of these teams are actually good at basketball. That's not nice at all. That's uh, that's hurtful. I think is the word. I you know I I think Rutgers is um, I think a pretty talented team. They're obviously really up and down. Like they've beaten some really good teams, obviously, and they've lost to some terrible teams, like New Jersey Institute of Technology or whoever they lost to. Um, but. I don't know. I, I mean, like, I think this is kind of a classic, like, uh, make shots game, right? Like, no, like Notre Dame's going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, they have guys who can make shots. They have three guys who shoot 38% or better. If Notre Dame makes shots, they can and will win because they'll have the opportunities. Rutgers is a team that lets you shoot from three. They're much more concerned with two-point defense. Um so I think if Notre Dame makes the shots, they'll win. And if they don't, they won't. That's that's my analysis. Do you think a Bray versus Pike Eel situation is a big enough advantage for Notre Dame because Notre Dame has been here before and Rutgers literally has not? Well, I mean, Rutgers was in the tournament last year and they choked down the stretch against Houston. They should have won that game. They stopped playing offense with six minutes left. That was frustrating. Um, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. Um Obviously, like Mike Bray is, I mean, it's kind of he's kind of like the classic, like just like coach's coach. Um, but I think Michael's a really good coach. Um, Rutgers is, I mean, Rutgers is the team is so experienced, right? Like this is the same team that like was facing Michigan State when we were in school. You know, it's still Clifford Amarui, it's still Gio Baker, it's still Ron Harver. So like, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the that Rutgers is. Um, Do you think they're underrated then? Sounds like it. Which um, is a fine take. I think that they are equipped, and we'll get into it later, to potentially make a run if they make it through this game. Like the, um, there are several examples of teams that have been in this first four making it pretty far. I mean, we've had a couple reach the final four: BCU the first year, and then UCLA last year. Both made it from the first four to the final four. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Rutgers. I'm just saying that um, it's not They're unprecedented to be able to do. It. I mean, they could beat anybody, right? Like they beat Illinois, they beat Purdue, they beat Michigan State, they beat you know Ohio State. Like they've beaten these teams, so they've beaten the the, the best that the Big Ten has to offer. So they beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin. So you know, yeah, they can meet anybody. Will they? I don't know. I mean, they could easily lose Notre Dame. It's not a very consistent team. Right. So, with that being said, I mean, all respect to Bryant and Wright State, but not going to get into that. Um, Bryant, though, Peter Kiss, just going to say that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited for the country to get excited about him for like an hour. And it's sick. Like, I was telling my dad, like, it's right. sick that they give these teams first four opportunities. And it almost makes me wish, like, you know, like a Norfolk State, like, did get that opportunity kind of like in a year like this. But 
you know, it can't be everyone, but it is cool that like a Peter Kiss can make that game exciting and like make you need to watch it. And then Brian could come out with their first ever NCAA tournament win. And it's yeah, like I think a cool moment. I got bad news for you. Wright State's going to win that game. Wow. But there it is. They're a better team. I mean, like Bryant has one guy. Peter Kiss throwing like gang signs doesn't like intimidate Wright State. Well, I don't know. And it obviously intimidated the Wagner student section. <laughs> but I don't know what happened in that game. So let's start getting into some regions here. We'll start as we do top left every year. It's the West region this year. Um, we got Gonzaga. Once again. Yes. Almost, you know, I'll give you, like, they're kind of like your home school a little bit. Like, props. Like, I'll kind of give that to you. Like, I guess you could claim UW, Washington State, whatever you want to do. But, like, I got some for zags. the sake of this. I got yeah, some zags. Have, exactly. I got some zags in my life. Right. Exactly. Shout so, out to zags in my life. You know who you are. Um, we got the 2017 team that, you know... Makes a run, great right. tournament. Uh, they're leading in that national championship game till about five minutes left, and then Joel Berry says, uh, "Get off, you know, just get off the court. We're going to take this one. We're we're going all the way with the revenge for Marcus Page's shot." Um, and they take that one in 2017. So it's heartbreak in 2017 for Gonzaga. Bryce Johnson, right? Kennedy yeah. Meeks, yeah. For all my Carolina people out there, I like there, it. There are none of you, but. I you like know, it. This is for like myself. Um, and then obviously 2021 Gonzaga team, 36-0 and going in. And um, they just can't get the job done against the Baylor team that ends up being, you know, one of those sneaky, very good teams of the past decade. Like probably a top five team of the past decade is the 2021 Baylor Bears, in my opinion. Um, just yeah. talent top to bottom. And, 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 like, I mean, I thought Gonzaga was going to win that game going in, but I was wrong. I just remember uh, Mark Vidal after the game said, I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but it was like, we just completely kicked their ass for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. And so, I mean, that's tough for, for Gonzaga it's, to recover from. But. It's honestly one of those things, though, where I'm just like, if the UCLA game doesn't end in such dramatic fashion for Gonzaga, like... If they could just win that game by, like, six, you know, a nice comfortable-ish win, and then move into the championship game, like, do they actually win that championship game? I think, like, very possibly. But it's just, like, when you bank a shot, they basically won the national championship when they beat UCLA. Then they're like, oh, shit, another game for everything. Yeah, well, and Baylor didn't really have to work very hard against Houston in the Final Four. but Right. Uh, yeah, all, all I'll say is that I think Andrew Nemhart is pretty excited to not see Davion Mitchell ever For sure. again. For sure. Yeah. Um, so why do you think this 2022 Gonzaga roster could do it this time compared to those other past teams? Because Davion Mitchell and Mark Vidal aren't playing for Baylor anymore. I mean, I know that's kind of a lame answer, but like, I think that like you don't have to be better than the 96 Kentucky team or last year's Baylor team or the 05 Carolina, you just have to be better than everybody this year. And so, like, I don't think, like, I know it's kind of, like I said, it's a lame answer, but Gonzaga, I don't think they're as good as they are last year, but I still think they could win the title because I don't think you have a dominant, dominant team this year the way that it turned out Baylor was. Um, 
like I, I don't I don't think that there's any team out there that's as good as Baylor and Gonzaga were both last year. Like I think that those were two of the best teams we've seen in a long time. Um, the differences this year, you know, no Jalen Suggs, but yes, Chet Holmgren. So the teams oriented differently, a lot more big to big passing with Timmy and Holmgren. Um, down low, like that's just it's just a different style, like than what we've come to expect from Gonzaga. But Mark Few's a really good coach, and he's taken advantage of that. Um, just having having that talent, right? I mean, they're it's the same thing. They're the best offense of the country again. They're number seven in adjusted efe- uh, defensive efficiency on Ken. They have all like, the, it's the same. Again. It's the same thing, right? So like, they're good. They're really good. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can make those plays at the end. Like, I, I you know, I, I don't think there's anything that could have been done differently last year. Like, they just got bitch slapped. Like, sometimes it happens. Like, I, you know, I don't even think it's like... I almost feel like that type of game, as a coach, there's almost nothing that you can, like, say afterwards. Just like, you know what? Like, today, they just came out with their hair on fire and we didn't. And, like, sometimes it happens. Um, and it sucks it happened in the title game. But, you know, I, I think Gonzaga's very equipped to win the title this year. I mean, I don't think that's a hot take at all. Well, um, wh- who's the guy that <laughs> his bold prediction was Gonzaga wins the title? Oh, yeah. Someone on CBS Sports Network said their bold prediction for the tournament is that this is the year Gonzaga does it. Yeah, their bold prediction was the tournament favorite and number one overall seed wins it. Like, it's bold. And he was, like, playing a little mini-game, like, versus another guy, and he made, like, another prediction. I think he said, like, Iowa to the Final Four. Very solid, bold prediction. Like, yeah, that's, that's definitely... That's fun, it's cool, you know, whatever. It's, it's a five crazy. Seed. Makes right. sense, yeah. And there was, like, a game show type of thing, and the guy that picked Gonzaga's his goal, bold prediction got the point that round. And I was just like, all right, whatever. Um, so, moving down the bracket... Um, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up this region and talk about Gonzaga some more. Um, but we're going to talk about every 8-9 game because very obviously they're all good matchups. Right. And this first one especially, I think, could very well be the best 8-9 matchup in the entire bracket. It is and that is matchup. my Boise State Broncos. I love it. Versus Penny Hardaway and his... He's so angry, and he's he's not angry anymore because they're here, and now they're the nine seed. Memphis Tigers taking on Boise State. Um, so why don't you give us a few notes that you may have had about this game, and then I'm just going to say things that I think. Um, it's a really fun uh, rebounding matchup. Uh, Memphis is number five in the country in offensive rebounding, and Boise State is number five in the country in defensive rebounding. Oh, I love that. We actually have another huge rebounding like game later on uh, oh, yeah. that I have noted here. But that is interesting because I didn't know that. So that's I yeah. love when that happens. I'm excited. So, I mean, you have Jalen Duran and DeAndre uh, Williams inside for Memphis, and those are obviously like huge athletic dudes. Um, they are missing one of their more athletic dudes, though. I, yeah, I'm not sure where he is. His dad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we won't but, mention his name. Yeah, but uh, you know, Boise's bigs are smaller, but they're really solid, and they and I, like this team just defends really well. Um, Memphis is two and a half point favorites in this game, 
but I could see this game going either way. I really like I really like Boise, and I think that they're underrated. Wow. So obviously Boise, they win the conference tournament in the Mountain West. They come out of that, um, and, and they're an eight seed. And it is interesting because Wyoming, Colorado State, and Boise State, and San Diego State all had this weird little like back and forth where all of them beat each other once and then lost to each other the other time. And there's just like always been this weird dynamic in the Mountain West and it's cool to see four teams get in. Is there only four? I, I yeah, there's four. Some? Yeah, there's four. Boise State swept San Diego State, I believe. Right. So, I mean, like yeah. any of these teams, like weird shit has been happening all year with them. It's honestly really cool seeing like this random conference be like very, very good this year. Oh, the Mountain West um, is a deep conference. Shout out my Wyoming Cowboys. <laughs> it's awesome, honestly. Um, but me personally, I'm looking at in this matchup, Memphis having like a very well-rounded team like a lot of guys that are averaging like nine ten points per game it doesn't seem like they have like a number one star <laughs> yeah that's uh, weird <laughs> um but you know who does have a number one star and that is the Boise State Broncos with Marcus Shaver I've cut a yes. few highlights for him this year he's awesome he's one of those like stereotypical like point guards that will get you a win if you need a win um, for sure. With that being said, uh, if I have to make a pick for this game, I do have Memphis. Just because I, I watched a couple games recently. I honestly hadn't watched them all year. Watched a couple recent games. Um, it's crazy how when Penny Hardaway made that rant about his team being hurt, dramatized, young, all this stuff. Like, they, like, turned it around from, like, that moment. They Literally, like won, which like, one? He had, like, three. Like, every time they lost early in the year, he would just, like, be like, it's somebody else's fault. Well, but then the it one, somehow worked. The one with the F word in, yeah, like, no, in February. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they. I mean, they, they beat SMU in a must-win game. Um, and they come in. They get smacked around by Houston. Um, you know, it happens. Houston's a very, very good team. We'll get so, to that later. Um, I just, I don't know. I wish I could ride the Mountain West. I want to ride the Mountain West in this tournament, but as you'll see with my picks later, I just don't feel it yet. I don't you wish feel you it. could ride I've the Bronco. S- it's honestly that fact that, like, I I bet I'm totally wrong, and I kind of hope I am uh, in a way. But it's just like seeing Boise State like beat San Diego State, and then like the next game I also have to watch for work, and like they lose by 15 to Colorado State, and then I watch Colorado State on that next Saturday, and they lose by like four to Wyoming, and it's just like. Colorado State lost by Colorado State lost by a billion to UNLV twice, but oh wow, yeah, I don't know how that happened, but I guess a bad Um, matchup. But yeah, if you have to make a pick for the game, um, I'll go Memphis. I'll go Memphis minus two and a half. All right, we're both going Memphis. Um, next couple games, let's let's just talk about anything with upset potential because you know these are when we're starting to get into those high seed, low seed situations: five, twelve, four, thirteen. Uh, three fourteen. So, are there any of these teams, either a New Mexico State, a Vermont, the winner of Rutgers Notre Dame, as we kind of said that you hinted at, could make a run, uh, or like a Montana State? Are you seeing anything specifically of any of those teams? Yeah, I wrote down like, so like UConn, New Mexico State, like UConn just pounds the boards, and New Mexico State just doesn't have the horses inside. I don't think like Sonogo is just a beast for UConn. I don't see that. Uh, personally, UConn's laying seven points in that game, and honestly, I already I already did bet UConn. Like I that, that's like 
I uh, I think that game could, like has the potential to get out of hand. Um, Arkansas is laying five against Vermont. Arkansas is a four seed. Vermont's a thirteen seed. Like this is like a game that I feel like you'll see a lot of people on TV pick as an upset because people know Vermont. Like they Vermont's been in the tournament before. They beat Syracuse all those years ago. Um, it's that classic thing. Like they like they have seven main contributors and six of them are upperclassmen. So like there are, there is like some signs that would like point you in that direction. But Arkansas is so talented. Like I think JD Note. Um, is just like so good, and then they got Chris Likes. Like Arkansas's players are are old, like they're good and old. Um, lots of transfers, obviously. Like Musselman brings in transfers, so I don't know. I would say I think like I don't think that's an upset. Like I mean, anything can happen, but I would not pick that. Um, I would say if Rutgers wins, I could see them beating Alabama. Um, I think Alabama would probably be laying like six, six and a half points. That's just a guess. Um, but like, I could see them locking them down, like locking Alabama down. Alabama's gonna take so many shots. Like their tempo is just insane. And if that's going good, like obviously when it's going well, Alabama beats Gonzaga. And then when it's going bad, they're getting blown out by inferior teams in the SEC and losing to Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament. Like Alabama's like one of the more hot and cold teams in the entire country. So, and so is Rutgers. So you can, so like a, like a high variance game like that, um, like I could see that being an upset for sure. And like I said, like I do think there is something to that first four thing. Like it's a team that's played, they've been blooded. They're like, let's go. We already have a win in the tournament, you know. So I don't know, I could see that happening. Notre Dame, I don't, I don't see it. But if, if Rutgers does, does make it through, I could see them beating Alabama. Um, and then I think it's safe to say Montana State has no chance. Um, That's correct. So here's a question I have for you that I honestly don't know the answer to. Um, how how many players on Alabama are returning from that two seed team last year? Um, I'm not sure the number, but I mean, no, I know Quinterly's back, and I know uh, Brooks like, is, is it, back. Like, is it a lot or is it? It's not? a few. Yeah, it's a few. Okay. Yeah. Um, because when we get to Houston later, I also looked that up. They have three returning starters from the Final Four team last year, which, you know, there might be very few things that matter more than that. Uh, right. You know, when it comes down to crunch time in these in these close games, which I'm sure, like you said, a Rutgers or a Notre Dame will give them. Um, but, yeah, honestly, my picks for these games, and you can go next, I have UConn, I have Arkansas, I have Alabama, and I have Texas Tech. Chalk. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I pretty much agree with that. I just, I don't know. I think it's a very weak region in terms of the Cinderella story. And yeah. now, the moment that you have all been waiting for, I'm oh sure. My God. Over 80% of our listeners have been waiting for us, and we're getting to it kind of early. We're only 30 minutes into the podcast. Um, Michigan State, a seven seed, facing Foster Lawyers, Davidson Wildcats. Um, Ghost of Steph Curry? I don't know. People are talking. He's actually the number one best free throw shooter in Division One, at 93%. Foster he's Lawyer. A great free throw shooter, for sure. I'm sure, he he's, I'm sure he's, you know, 19 for 20 on the year. That's, <laughs> that's incredible for him. But um, Michigan State, going into this game... Um, you know, it's been a wild, wild ride. And I just 
don't see a world in which a foster lawyer led team <laughs> can stop like the worst Michigan State team that I've seen in, in years. I don't know if uh, it's a foster lawyer led team. Like I, I would say it's a Luke Brackovich led team, but um, the the one thing with Davis is they shoot a lot of threes. Like they're number eight in the country in, in three pointers. Um, Made or they, attempted? Uh, percentage. Okay. So like Michael Jones is a forty three percent shooter in spot up situations. Like uh, you can see a lot of pick and pop with Lawyer Brackovich. So if like the Marcus Binghams of the world and the Julius Marbles of the world and the Malik Halls of the world, the Joey Hazards of the world, like need to defend the pick and pop well. And if they don't, there can be problems. Like Davidson can't win. Like I don't think all of our listeners necessarily like believe that. Um, they saw them lose to Richmond today. This is a team that can get hot and can shoot. And I think that Tyson Walker is really important. If Tyson Walker comes back healthy, I think Michigan State um, is in a good spot. Experienced guard will be able to defend those pick and pops well. Him and Hogard together, um, I think, is interesting. But if he's not there, uh, I don't know. I mean, I could say, I think Michigan State will win. But, I, like, I would say don't be shocked. Oh, I mean, <laughs> if you've seen a Michigan State game this year, we could lose by 30, and everyone would be like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how much this will come into play, and maybe it will. I don't know how much this will come to, into play in this game because Davidson doesn't force a lot of turnovers. But, okay, there are 353 teams in Division One. Michigan State ranks 350th in non-steal turnover percentage, which means the other team like, essentially... We're just, like, throwing it away, like, under no pressure at all. Right, like, essentially, like... It's literally just, like, miscommunications. <laughs> so, like, like, again, like, Michigan State is essentially the worst team in the country in, like, just throwing it out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, because when you watch it, like, that's fully what you get. Like, you're, you're like, when's the last time we actually shot the ball? You, you right. start to wonder that when you watch right. Michigan State in 2022. All right, um, you want to talk about if Michigan State does win this game, though? Because you know what's next. I do know what's next. Um, you know, it, just to wrap up, Michigan State Davidson, we are the best team in the Big Ten at defending the three. That's a very advertised statistic true, that you, true. you hear in like every game. So true. I think we are okay there. But like you said, haven't seen a whole lot of pick and pop in the Big Ten, like at all. Like it's pretty big man dominated. And besides like a Keegan Murray or an EJ Liddell who really doesn't run that many pick and pops to begin with. Um, yeah, how did Michigan State do against Iowa and Ohio State this year? Um, did we not but, beat Ohio State once? Uh, I think lost by a thousand. Oh, um, um, yeah. At well, least I in know, on the road. I know Iowa was not. That was a thousand. Um, but yes, let's let's wrap up the first round in the West region by talking about. Um, I called them Coach K's Duke Blue Devils because yeah. like they're always his blue Duke Blue Devils, but like this year it's like. They actually don't have It's players. almost like it's his, it's him, and then, like, Duke is, like, also there. They don't have players this year. It's just yeah, him. Yeah. Like, he's going to go out there. Oh, God. Just the fact that they got a two-seed at all is, like, insane. But anyways. Um, he's wearing his Duke weird for- West Point Duke rig. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Uh, he's got his weird ring that, like, broke, and then his wife was, like, 
fuck army and then was like i'm putting duke on this uh i hate the military anyways um duke you know going in i don't think cal state fullerton it's just like duke has literally five nba players on the court so um at some point just like a a cal state fullerton team that's not like the hot ucsb teams that have come out of that conference in, in past years or even um long beach yeah, Long Beach State. So There's been some decent teams coming out of the Big West in the past. Fullerton is not one of those teams. This team is it's, trash. That conference is trash. That I conference watched. is so bad this year. I went to a, a Hawaii game two weeks ago. It was wild. Like, like they were playing Cal Poly. They had a dude out there that, like, I'm pretty sure it was, like, Sean Ryder. Like, was just, like, Whoa, on shout like, out. He was just like on the court playing for Cal Poly, and he was Cal like Poly's their sixth awful. man. Like he was definitely on scholarship. So yeah, like Cal it was. Po- Cal Poly's awful. And we yeah. almost lost. We were down five with two minutes to go, and we came back and won. It was like really hype and shit for for the whole program. But anyways, that Hawaii team came in third place in the conference. <laughs> yeah, that Hawaii team also will not be in this tournament. So like it, that just goes to show you just like everything you need to know there. So let's talk about. Moving, let's transition Duke into the next round. Let's move and let's just start pushing everything to the next round. So a Duke-Michigan State matchup, Yeah. what could you think could come out of that? Um, if Tyson Walker is healthy, I could see actually Michigan State winning the game. What? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. I mean, because, Duke is bad. Yeah, Right. And they're also particularly bad at, at defending spread ball screens. Like You saw North Carolina essentially run the same play for an entire half. And, like, R.J. Davis and Brady Manick just ran pick and, pop, pick and roll and pick and pop, and Duke just had no idea what to do. And Which is weird, because they're a Hall of Fame coach. Like, I guess I had no ideas. I don't know. Well, um, again, the season's not about Duke. This right. season's not about Duke. That's true. But, so, I mean, like, obviously, Paolo Bencaro is, like, one of the most talented players in the country. And Who's guarding yeah, him? That's the issue. I Joey Hauser. I think the answer. I mean, is it's Julius actually going to be Hauser to start the game, so that's like crazy. I think the answer is Julius Marble, isn't it? For, for three minutes till he fouls out, but yeah. Yeah, well, true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy because, like you said, like I, I really dislike this Duke team more than past years because I can't even respect them, and you know, I. You know, the Jalil Okafor teams, the Jason Tatum teams, like, I'm just like, wow, they're good, and I hate them. But this team is bad, and I hate them. And if Michigan State, if this was any other Michigan State team since we've been in college there, I think it's one of the easier Duke matchups we've ever seen. Um, There's only one Duke team that we liked, and they lost Michigan State, so. (laughs) Right. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I like Trey Jones. Okay. Uh, That's fine. When he stepped on Foster Lawyer, that was fun. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. Say Michigan State does lose to Davidson, we get a Foster Lawyer-Duke rematch, and it's so sick. Yeah, I would say Jeremy Roach might, like, uh, recreate history. (laughs) (laughs) Take him in the face. Uh, Maybe they could go, like, two players at once, like, type of thing. Like, this is Sparta. Anyways, moving up, Texas Tech-Alabama. Let's say that matchup happens. I have Texas Tech. Um, Yeah, I like Texas Tech a lot. I think they're good. I think they're deserving of a three seed. You know, one of those middle-of-the-pack three seeds I see. They have, I believe, the best defense in the Big 12 and, like, a top-five defense in the country uh, in terms of efficiency. So um, that always kind of translates. And if you're shooting bad one day, which they do, they really do, um, 
that can happen. Um, moving up, UConn, Arkansas. Thoughts if that is a matchup? Oh, man. Um, I would say I, I like the experience that Arkansas has in that game. I haven't done as much prep for potential second-round matchups as I did the first round. No, but yeah. The, I, I don't, there's no stats here. Yeah. We're just going like what yeah. we feel. No, I like Arkansas. I, I think Arkansas is a pretty talented team. They're, I like Arkansas better than other teams in the SEC. Spoiler. Um, there's some teams in the SEC I'm down on, such as Alabama. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go Arkansas. I actually have UConn. I think that okay. UConn and Arkansas are very similar teams, just in this fact that UConn is lacking the experience that you just mentioned Arkansas does have. But I think UConn has the advantage in terms of they're playing better right now. Like, they're okay. very, very much coming together. They beat Villanova. They actually, I think, lose to DePaul, like, at the end of the regular season. And then in the conference tournament, they come out. They look amazing. They almost beat Villanova in the semifinal. Um, right. I don't know. They're, Should have won just game. Really, They're a really fun team, and I feel like all five guys on that court for UConn are very talented and like they, they're meshing together at the right time. So yeah, I would agree with that. Move forward there. Um, let's move on. We are now at the East region. Oh, Jesus, this is a fun region. I like this region a lot. This is so crazy, actually. Like, I, I like everything this region. That's in this. I like this region a lot. I don't like it as much as I hate the Midwest region. I hate the Midwest. Like, I actually despise it. We'll get to that later. But. I do, too, now that I'm looking at it. But, yeah, let's focus on the East region. Um, the defending champion, Baylor Bears, Yeah, they come away with a one seed. Um, I just have written, Baylor is so injured. Yeah. Like, they're well. extremely limping to the finish line here. They have a couple guys that, like, maybe are coming back. Well, the big guy isn't coming back. His... His name, his first name is Jonathan. Yeah, no, his last name's like, you can't even pronounce it. It's impossible. I think he's like the reigning Big 12 Defense Player of the Year, though, or something. Yeah, he's a great uh, player. But maybe like the preseason back. pick. But yeah, he, he's gone. Um, and yet, Baylor still finds a way to win these games and, and be very yeah. good teams, like Kansas. Yeah, and they don't have LJ Cryer, which is tough because like they don't really have a lot of guard depth anymore, like with the guys that went to the NBA last year. Um, so, I mean, they're good. Obviously, um, but depth's an issue. Like they're super talented. Kendall Brown's like and Jeremy Sunshine are both freshmen that have been like really impressive this year. Um, at the wing spot for for Brown and, and big for Sunshine, but I mean we'll see what happens as they move along in the tournament. Um, early on, I don't really see any team that can beat them, but as it moves along, like there there's a path for an upset as we get closer to. Um, the tournament for or, sure. uh, gets closer to the to the final four for sure so let's move on to the 8-9 game in the east region my north carolina tar heels um are actually very hot right now they have yeah. you know believe what you will but the, their only loss in the past three weeks has come to the only team hotter than them so um them playing marquette who's total opposite really stumbled into the tournament. They actually were, like, competing for the Big East regular season title um, until, like, early February hit. And then they were just losing, like, crazy to, like, every team in the Big East, like, even the 
the bad ones. <laughs> uh, so that's what I think makes this, again, just a great, great matchup. Because I think Marquette almost has like a chip on their shoulder. And you know Shaka Smart loves to wear a chip on his shoulder. Um, but what are you seeing in this matchup? Well, they got Daryl Marcel, right? Like, I mean, obviously that's kind of their team on the wing. It's going to be interesting to see who he guards. I imagine Caleb Love. Um, whoever Daryl Marcel guards is going to be a non-factor. Like, he is like a top five on-ball defender in the country. So, like, that is useful. Um, but Mark Marquette's problem is inside. Like, Justin Lewis is a decent player, but... North Carolina is just going to clean up on the boards. Like, Marquette can't rebound, and North Carolina will destroy them on the glass. So, they have North Carolina has the ACC Player of the Year, I believe. Yeah, just ask Coach K. Yeah, uh, Armando Baycott. So, it's going to be a very tough matchup for Marquette. I have PTSD in this this matchup because North Carolina was in an 8-9 game last year. Against a team from Wisconsin. They... We're favored in this game. Yes. Um, and they lose by 25. So in a game that, like, wasn't close even from the jump. Like, it was not it was actually a, crazy. Like, they just wiped them. Not for a single Easily. Second. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I can't <laughs> – I just can't trust North Carolina with a first-year head coach. Um, and, and just uh, – I don't know. This is a very, very tough game for me to pick, but I – I just have PTSD, and that's why I'm going with Marquette. Interesting. I'm going to lay three with Carolina. I actually already did. I already bet it. Um, I like – I just – the rebounding matchup's just an issue. I don't really see how you overcome that. Like, if you can't get rebounds, like, I don't know how you're going to win the game unless you have exceptional shooting, which Marquette doesn't. So, Very true. I got, I got Carolina. Let's talk uh, upset watch in this region. I actually think this is, like – <laughs> I just I don't even know my thoughts with these lower seeded teams like Akron I know very little about Yale I might know even less about besides the fact that they play in the Ivy League so that essentially almost tells you nothing about a team when they come out of the Ivy League and they win that conference like I feel yeah, like so- I just I just go straight to their non-conference schedule and just try to like analyze that because like Harvard's not going to tell you anything about the basketball court could I sell you on Akron? Oh, okay. We have an Akron poll. Akron is taking on defending Final Four uh, people. UCLA Bruins. UCLA Bruins. Um, what is up with the Zips? Okay, so two things. Number one, their best player is named Ali Ali. I love that. That's like a cock, a cock for you. Uh, exactly, exactly. And Ali Ali is going to be matched up with Jaime Jaquez. So that's like... A, commentator's dream right there um all game and if he could body him up i think that could be interesting i mean they're 14 point underdogs like do i think they'll win no but i think they can keep it interesting and that game's in portland if the gonzaga fans have stuck around and are like hammered and cheering against ucla and gonzaga fans do gonzaga fans get hammered yes really they get rowdy wow yes so if there's like a a bunch of Gonzaga fans in the building cheering hard for Akron, like all this would have put 
I think that this is a game where you could like see the score and be like, huh, and then like you cut to it and Mick Cronin's calling timeout. <laughs> and like the crowd's going nuts. Because like Akron's up like seventeen to seven. Okay. And then UCLA still like wins by twenty. But like it's fun for that moment, you know. Yeah. That is interesting. And that's something to look out for for sure. I just think uh UCLA, you know, they return all five starters from a final four team last year. Yeah, that's an issue. Johnny Juzang is actually not himself at all. Like he right. he's averaging like twelve points per game since he returned from injury in mid February. He's he's averaging like thirty percent from the field in that time as well. I've watched a couple UCLA games. He's like a non factor. It's the Jaime show one hundred percent and it's so fun to watch. He's doing these like crazy NBA moves. Like I could honestly see him like getting drafted in like the second round. Yeah, I'm a Jaime guy. Uh Tiger Campbell, been there. He's been there. I just True. think UCLA, it's just it's a little too much for Akron. Um, I would agree. Moving on to Purdue-Yale. Any situation for Yale here? Do we just pick Purdue and move on to the next game? Uh, I'm going to pick Purdue and okay. move on to the next uh, game. Let's, but... let's do that. Um, the interesting ones. I have the Indiana Hoosiers going to the Ooh. round of 32. Okay. I like it. I, I don't. I just think their matchup is like very good in both these games. St. Mary's has like a very good defense, but Indiana has played against a lot of good defenses, like Illinois, and um, you know they, they beat Illinois, obviously. Um, I, I can't name another one because I'm completely blanking. But I think that when times get tough, Michigan what I've, State, right, and they lost. Well, still played <laughs> against them. You said played against, right? Um, I think when the times get tough for Indiana, they found this weird formula where it's just like get it to trace and like move, and it will work against a team that's just like not built to explode like a St. Mary's or a Wyoming. And I, I just think they do it. I don't know. I'm not impressed with All the right. St. Mary's team this year. I like it. I like that pick. Indiana's around a 32. Okay. I disagree. I have St. Mary's going. Far, wow. But, but I, I like I like how you're thinking. Let's move on to uh, Virginia Tech Texas. It's my favorite matchup of the first round. Absolutely love this matchup. My Texas, number one favorite matchup of the first round. Texas, as we briefly mentioned, a very very good defense, and and they bring yes. in a lot of transfers this year, um, with a new head coach and Chris Beard, who, as we've said, has been there, has been to a national championship game in the past three years, so. He comes in and he has to play this just smoking hot Virginia Tech team that we both watched on Saturday. Just take care of Duke like with ease, essentially. Like when the times were getting tough, when Duke was going on a run, Virginia Tech just answered. It was like well, it was clockwork. But they had a guy with eight threes. Right. So like they're just so weirdly hot, and they have that point guard. Is that point guard from Wofford? They're all from Wofford. Dude. Okay, Literally, so like they all just like followed their coach to Virginia yes. Tech. It's Literally, so they're, cool. Their three best players all played on the 2019 Wofford Terriers. It's actually amazing. That's amazing. So yeah. they're all like seniors too, then. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I mean, if you couldn't tell by now, I have Virginia Tech in that game. I Look just, out for for Timmy Allen against Kevin Aluma down low. That's a really fun matchup. Both like good passers 
if if they bring if uh the opposing team brings double teams like that's gonna be fun to see how Chris Beard and Mike Young like choose to if they let their guys be in there because obviously you can't let those guys get in foul trouble like I'm really excited to see that matchup in particular wow but you got yeah you got the Hokies it's a this game's a pickup like there there's there's no favors literally really? a pick-up. yeah wow that's crazy I just think Texas like. The Marcus Picard experiment has not worked. That's pretty clear. Are you an um, Andrew Jones guy? Yeah, I am. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, you're pro-cancer. No, yeah. Andrew Jones, hero. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, just they, they can't shoot. They just cannot shoot. That entire mm-hmm. team just can't shoot threes at all. You know who can? Virginia Tech. Right. They're number three in the country. Well, they're Wofford, so of course True. they can shoot threes. True. Good point. Um, they breed threes. So, I have the Virginia Tech Hokies. Let's move down to what I'm calling my heartbreaking matchup of mm. the entire bracket. Agreed. Is like two teams that I like very easily saw going to the Sweet 16. Cinderella mm. teams. Possibly even an Elite 8 for either one. And they have to play each other in the first round. Still. And whoever gets past that has to play fucking Kentucky. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, well. it's so unfair. And it sucks. Because yeah. I know what the committee was trying to do here. They were like... Murray State, Kentucky, like it's gonna be crazy in the second round, that Kentucky matchup. And it's just not fair. It's not fair to Murray State. It's it's unfortunate, and that's really yeah. all I have to say. Yeah, I would agree. Um for this game, it's a fun matchup. Yoan Masowski and KJ Williams in uh inside. Yoan Masowski averaged a double double against Gonzaga in three matchups. Like this dude can fall. Um KJ Williams, one of the best like most underrated offensive rebounders in the country, um, so it's a fun match. Jamari Bouye, the point guard for San Francisco, is probably going to play all forty minutes, especially since Murray State plays a slow tempo, which is ironic because they're the Racers. Right, <laughs> it is funny. Um, and the the John Morant. Right, uh, right. Like, this is not your like older brothers Murray State team. Like this is a different uh, team, a lot slower tempo. Um, but San Francisco is a one and a half point favorite in this game, even though they're a ten seed. Wow, um, that's crazy because Murray State also has lost like one game since Christmas. So yeah, uh, I think I think people have a lot of respect for what San Francisco's done this year, and I think people it, I, people have a lot of respect for the West Coast Conference in general, right? Like, they and that's got, a testament to like a St. Mary's, like you hinted at, you have going right. deep. Gonzaga, the number one overall right. seed, is this a different right. year for them? It's just, right. just even more of a reason looking at USF. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I think like them. Like, a lot of teams from those small conferences, you would just say, like, well, they didn't even dominate their conference. Why are they even in the tournament? Um, I think people have a lot more respect for them than they have in the past. So who do you have in this game? Um, the Dons. I'll take San Francisco. Wow. I have Murray State. I just think they're very good, and they have a lot of players from that John Morant team, actually, that are now the leading scorers on this Murray State team. It's almost like yeah. they've been there. They feel like... They deserve it. They almost feel disrespected being next to Kentucky right here because I think they are not stupid either. They know exactly what the committee was trying to do. It would be a fun matchup, uh, like a Kentucky matchup, in-state matchup in Indianapolis. Right. So let's move on and and talk about Kentucky for a second here. Are you on the train of they'd be a one seed if if not injured? I'm on the train of, like, they are – 
one of the best four teams in the country, let's put it that way. So, like, I don't know, like, if they should be one side, so they would be one seed, whatever, like, but they're, like, this is a really, 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 really good team. I agree. And um, I've caught a few Kentucky games this year, and they're just, they just, they have one of those talented teams that maybe it's not, like, the, the five stars coming in, like a Bam out of bio, a De'Aaron Fox, a Malik Monk, where you're just like, wow, like, Wow, well, they're this more experienced right. than a, than the Kentucky team that you would assume. Like Xavier Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, Oscar Shibway, obviously like probably the national player of the year. Like, yeah, I really don't know ball. what more they they could they could want or need right now, especially since they're all healthy right now at the right time. Yeah, um, we'll get to it, but yeah, I'm I'm big on Kentucky. Um, so yeah, let's let's wrap up this East region. Is there a scenario? Just give me your your elite eight two teams coming out of this region. Uh, St. Mary's and Kentucky. Wow. Yeah. Riding the West Coast Conference. Give me St. Mary's to the elite eight. That's why I think Baylor's got problems, as we've talked about. Uh, Baylor's not the team that they were last year, certainly, and they're really not even the team they were earlier this year. Um. St. Mary's is a team that plays a weird style. If you're not used to it, it can take some getting used to. Um, that game's in Philadelphia, so there's no home court advantage for Baylor at all. Like It's not like they're playing down south or anything like that. Like, Yeah, I think if St. Mary's gets there, I think they can beat Baylor. Wow. Um, I do not think they can beat Kentucky. I have uh, UCLA-Kentucky. Okay. I just, I think you just UC- want to see it. Yeah, it's just... UCLA is just like you bring back five stars from a Final Four team. Right. They go through the adversity that you'd expect that ends up putting them on the four line that they are on. Realistically, no injuries. You know, <laughs> if they're even playing somewhat better uh, as of late, maybe they're looking at a three seed or a two seed. So that's what we're looking at: UCLA, Kentucky for me, St. Mary's, Kentucky for you, and um, I assume we both have Kentucky to the Final Four. We do, but like, let's talk about that. Well, we're gonna talk about it, but just mention St. Mary's UCLA in the second round in Portland. Like, I can't wait. Like, I literally can't wait. Like, that's all California like, matchup. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Let's move on. Halfway through this uh, March Madness bracket for 2022, we move to the South region. Um, Arizona, the second best team in the country according to the committee yeah are they actually the second best team in the country um well if Kirk Creasa comes back that definitely helps uh, like they didn't have him against UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament championship game and they struggled in the first half they figured it out because they're like really good uh, Matura Jubelis Coloco like this team's solid um, so, like, I think that they they have maybe the least holes in the country, the Gavetti team, um, and they they just like pound the paint, like they get in there, like they don't really like have like amazing spacing offensively. They just like find ways to score and they get their guys in good positions. Um, really good big to big passing. And just like smart reads on screens, like I just really like what they're doing. I really, really, really like what Tommy Lloyd's doing. 
I think it's interesting because I, I guarantee a lot of our listeners have not watched an Arizona game this year. It's hard to catch an Arizona game because you rarely get those UCLA-Arizona matchups, USC-Arizona matchups that would even be televised. A lot of the time they're playing Oregon State, they're playing fucking Arizona State, whatever, and the game just doesn't matter. They're playing Oregon, who ends up being a laughingstock. Um so it's interesting talking about them because a lot of people don't know a lot about them. And and I think that this region is actually the most talented region. I think the, there are the most good teams in this region. Yeah, I could ones. see that. I would agree with that. Um, so, you know, it's going to be tough for Arizona. But like you said, I, I would agree with you. The little that I have seen from them this year has just been so good and so solid. And... You know they they trip up at Colorado, but that was only because the Storm Chasers were there. There's literally no other reason that they True. they lose that game. True. So um, that's science. That that's enough about Arizona. The eight nine game in this one probably the most boring eight nine game uh, in in the bracket. We have the Seton Hall Pirates versus the TCU Horn Frogs and Jamie Dixon. Um, this is actually only the second time TCU has been to the tournament since two thousand. Yeah, doesn't happen very often. Pretty wild, um, because not I feel like I've school. seen their name a couple times, but I not haven't. A basketball school, not I a basketball school. No, they haven't. Go frogs. You're thinking of like SMU, right? Go frogs, though. I love that they do this with their. Yeah, it is. It's like it's like fight on USC. It like, is, but like I like that. You know, it's the fact that it's unique to them and it makes sense. Like, the, but the if you have like a, if you had kind of struck or something, right? <laughs> um, so. I heard an analyst earlier say that first team to 50 in this game wins. That's not nice. It, it's Their offenses are so, so streaky, and it's it's wild. But I think what really comes down to is which team is more equipped for, like, a tournament-style play. Where is this game? This game is in San Diego, California. So Yeah, should be a great. There's actually going to be zero fans from either team at this game. Yeah, and it's also like Texas Tech and Alabama fans. Like in the other, like it's like there's no, like there's just, there's going to be 10 people at this fucking game. <laughs> um, so it's going to be so boring and, and so weird that I think really anything can happen. So what do you think about this matchup? Um, I think TCU's re, uh, guards rebound really well. Mm. And Seton Hall doesn't rebound well. And I think there's your difference. So TCU's a one point underdog. I bet them uh like i would bet them pretty sizable like they can't shoot which is like obviously a concern but at least they know they can't shoot true so they just kind of play volleyball off the boards um Um, mike miles is a fun player point guard and i I, like i like this tc team i think that they know what they are and they're just gonna like you know as they say muck it up (laughs) i think what's fun about this matchup is that TCU has actually been there, and they've they've beaten Kansas. Yes. Yes. Okay. So they beat Kansas. I think they have a couple other very good wins uh, in the Big Twelve. Seton Hall, however, they basically lose to every good Big East team in conference. But they, they beat, beat the bad, bad ones. One. Yeah, they yeah. beat the bad ones, and that's why they're here, and that's why they're on the eight line. So, I think TCU has the higher ceiling, but again. This is such a pick'em game for me personally. Um, I have absolutely frogs. no way of predicting this. I have Seton Hall, so let's just yep. you know, yeah, we'll, we'll go 
we'll split and we'll we'll, we'll just say give that me the frogs give pick the whoever frogs. you want that's our advice right upset watch on this side of the bracket i think is so fun these are some really really fun double digit seeds um and yes i did just call michigan fun i did just say that the team with multiple all-americans and the ap first team uh player as an 11 seed is fun because th- well, that's what i'm choosing to say they're not um it's not an upset if they win because they're two and a half point favorites oh nice good to know because i picked yeah. them. um I don't even know what more there is to say. Like it's so, it's such a mind fuck seeing like the number eleven next to the word Michigan, and then like a six being next to Colorado State. <laughs> like it, it's honestly, like I don't even like looking at it. It's weird to my eyes. David Roddy's like one of the most underrated players in the country. He is, like, but sh- I've seen him play. This dude is so not talented. It's crazy. That's not nice. He's just like, I'll back you down, and I'm just like thicker than you, and I'm just going to like put it over you, and like I'll score 15 a game and seven rebounds, and we'll call it a night, and we'll beat the shit out of Idaho. Well, we'll see if Musa Diabate can handle it. Hey, did you know that, uh, did you know that, so Illinois plays Chattanooga, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Chattanooga's big is Silvio De Sosa. What? Yes. Oh my wants, god! Hide your chairs. Hide your chair a lot. Hide your chairs, bro. We need stools, or I don't even know if stools are safe. We should have like a van. They should bring in Vanderbilt's court so that like all the chairs are below the court, right. and we just like you know give us that extra second to react when he picks one up. I like that. It's in your. It's in your town too. It's in Pittsburgh. That's actually crazy. It, um, I will say though, like he probably needs a chair to stop Kofi Coburn. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> uh, how is he gonna guard Kofi? Um, chairless. Yeah, chairless. <laughs> uh, it's it's an amazing question. Um, what do you know about Chattanooga? Because I I basically I picked that, Illinois and just like moved on. With I know my that life. Silvio de Sousa is their center. That's it. That's it. I looked at their recent schedule. They basically beat most teams by, like, five. Um, yeah, they're all right. They lose to a couple teams in their little conference that I couldn't name another school from. Sorry. Furman? Uh, I think that's that's the big south, I think. <laughs> Can you name another team that Chattanooga plays in conference? East Tennessee State. Oh, okay, so they're normally in here. Yeah. Oh, and they're normally a thir- 13, too. I like, okay. yeah. yeah. Hey, you know UAB plays Houston, but like, so Houston's like probably the most underseeded team. Yes. In this entire bracket, like they're a five seed, which is bananas. Which like, is so sad because UAB is one of those really, really, really fun teams. If they're a one man team, and like they have nobody else besides right. Jelly. Um, they gave me like Oral Roberts vibes when I was watching yeah. their film. Yeah. Um, they kind of just are five dudes that like run around and shoot a bunch. Yeah, and they just, it. like, run you out of the gym type of thing. Um, but like you said, Houston is a five who had an amazing season. Like, the Houston Cougars won their conference championship in the regular season. So they're number won four their in Ken Oh, my like, God. 
Houston's number four in Ken Palm in the country, and they're a five seed. And they're not even the fourth best team in their region. So, I mean, not the Ken Palm's the end all be all or anything, but like, it it's that's mystifying. Okay, so we we both have Houston in that game, which again yes. it pained me to say because I loved UAB and I wanted to pick them, but it just wouldn't happen. Uh, Longwood. Yeah. No, uh, Tennessee no. <laughs> is winning that game. Here, here's here's what I wrote. I said Tennessee should be a two seed. Longwood should be a fifteen, maybe a sixteen. <laughs> like Longwood's not good. Like Longwood, Longwood being a fourteen should be playing Wright State on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need Peter Kissed yeah. against Tennessee. Like seriously, what what were they thinking? Um, so we got Tennessee versus Michigan in, in the round of thirty-two. Moving to the bottom of the bracket, Ohio State Loyola. What an yeah. awesome, awesome matchup here for Loyola. <laughs> like, well, well, Jacob Hudson's their big guy, and he's been hurt. So he's only like the last couple games that he's been back, he's played like four minutes. So he better play, or else EJ Liddell's going to have five. I mean, I doubt even if he plays, he can guard EJ Liddell. But again, that hasn't really seemed like a problem for these other teams that are playing Ohio State. Like, EJ is just like in this weird zone right now where. He's playing like NBA ball. He's kind of like an issue done. For Michigan State. He's just like done with this college bullshit. Like well, he's no. like Malachi Branham is done with this college. Like like okay, well, Malachi he's Branham. He's still like young and innocent. Like he's like, yeah, we're gonna win. Like I want to win. Malachi Branham could like lead Ohio State to the Final Four or like not defend for a single possession against <laughs> Loyola. Like anything's in play. Um, Loyola. Uh, they have the youngest coach in, in all of Division One, I, I believe. True Valentine. Um, so they play a very slow, methodical play. Uh, I saw yeah. someone actually who compared Loyola to Villanova, which is mm-hmm. interesting, obviously, with that next round matchup in play. Um, but, you know, very slow, very methodical, very experienced team. For uh, Loyola, I wrote down uh, they got a, their six man off the bench, 44% three point shooter, Braden Norris. From Hilliard, Ohio, 18 minutes from Ohio Stadium, not recruited by Ohio State. Let's this go. is his dream matchup. This game's in Pittsburgh, right? Uh, I believe so. Yep. Yeah. This yeah. game like pains me to like know is in Pittsburgh because like I would love to be at this game. This is so fun. There's gonna You're be talking s- about Villanova, Delaware. <laughs> yes, Villanova, okay. Delaware. Yeah. Um, Delaware's uh like underseated. If Delaware was playing like a third. Like if Delaware was playing like a four seed, they could win. Really? They can't be Villanova, but they but like like if they if they were playing like honestly Illinois, they could they would be interested. Wow. Um, but yeah, I have Loyola beating Ohio State, and I have Villanova uh, beating Delaware. Loyola is laying one point against Ohio State, so it's pretty close to pick them. Okay. Um, do do you think like there's a scenario where Ohio State wins comfortably? I mean, there's a scenario for sure. Like, they're more talented. But um, I think it's even pretty close. Like, th- that that's another game, like, I'm looking forward to. Like, it's one of my favorite um, games of the, of the first round. Agreed. Um, I have written here to finish up this region, Villanova is confusing. Um, Agreed. I feel like I've watched every single Villanova game this season, like uh, all 32. Um, they, in the past month, have probably a point differential of like three. <laughs> it, it's crazy. They're like squeaking out wins versus all these Big East teams. And it must be so frustrating to be another Big East team 
because Villanova, you know, is the end all be all. They are the the crown of of the well, Big East right now. Here, here you go. Like, it's actually really simple. Why are they winning these games? These close games, because they're the greatest free throw shooting team <laughs> in the history of college basketball. Wow. They are the number one free throw shooting team that has ever played this game. So, you want to win close games? Make your fucking free throws. And that's honestly very important to know because, you know, free throws in the NCAA tournament. Right. <laughs> Cannot stress that enough. You know, how right. many times does someone miss a free throw and then their team grabs a rebound, comes down, hits a buzzer, beat a three? Um, Villanova, led by Colin Gillespie, the Big East Player of the Year. This dude is just a winner. If you hear Jay Wright talk about him, like, he literally has said that he is, like, his favorite Villanova player he's ever coached. Ryan Archidiacono in tears. Yeah. And Ryan Archidiacono's little brother on the bench, just like, mm hmm. Yeah. That's my teammate. Chris Jenkins, like, I don't know what else I have to do. Yeah. Chris is like, what the fuck? But. You know, Slater, Justin yeah. Moore, yeah. Dix, Justin. Eric Dixon down low is literally a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. He's like a Walmart Kofi Cockburn. Jermaine, Jermaine Samuels. You're yeah. Jermaine Samuels guy? Yeah. yeah. Huge Jermaine Samuels guy, especially after what he went through last year, man. Oh, my true, God. True, true, true. Um, so to, to wrap up the South region, I have Villanova actually coming out of this region. I, I think that, okay. you know, they're finding a way to win the big games, and they have the metrics. I just love them. Okay, I will take Arizona over Tennessee. Wow. Give me Tennessee over Villanova in the Sweet 16. Two great games. San Antonio is going to have back-to-back great games. Villanova-Tennessee should be awesome, and then Arizona gets the winner of that team. Should be awesome. Arizona-Houston. Uh, Arizona gets the winner of Houston-Illinois, even. if you know, like, 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 That, to me, is by far the, the most fun region. And it makes me angry that we have to deal with this bullshit in the Midwest coming up. <laughs> totally agree. I mean, the, the potential matchups in the second round are Villanova, Loyola, Chicago. Amazing. Tennessee, Michigan. You know Jawan's going to punch someone. Illinois, well, Houston. That's a given. Uh, Rocky Top does not put up with that bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm excited. <laughs> No, this region's um, fun. Like, uh, like I wish two teams from this region could make it to the Final Four and, like, the Midwest could just go away. And Illinois-Houston might could end up being, like, an all-time classic. Um, yeah. So that's that with the uh, South. Now for our last region, the Midwest. Boy, is this just a hideous combination of bad basketball teams. Um, well, you're going to – I got – I got – I got – I'm cooking some shit up, so. <laughs> um. Kansas, uh, the third best team in the country, according to the committee. They, they have the one seed here. That's actually um, insane. I'm wondering why Kansas isn't better than they are or have been this season. They, they have, don't have... Good. Well, just like they have Ochai. Um, yeah. they They have the shooters. They have the big men. Like, they have Bill Self. Like, Well, do they have the big... Like, is David McCormick and Jalen Wilson? Like, those are not... Like, with all due respect, like, that's not... I just feel like they're, like, 6'10 and huge and, like, grab rebounds. Like, Yeah, they still get... I don't know what more you really need. Well, they're a one seed. I mean, it's they're not they're not that bad. Right, but I'm saying, like, they, they've lost a solid number of games this season. Yeah. 
but well because I don't think that those players are that like by Kansas standards are not that talented. I just feel like Kansas could have been in contention for the number one overall seed this year, and they just weren't even in the conversation. So no, I would agree with that. Um, the, you know, that's all I'm wondering with Kansas. I'm not too worried about them. I have them going to the Final Four. Spoiler alert! But just because this region is such a just, such a disaster, absolute dog shit. Um, we'll go quick with the eight nine game here. San Diego State versus Creighton. Um, Creighton can't shoot, which is weird because if you like, if you haven't been paying attention and you like, you're like, oh Creighton, like they're the team that makes all threes, not this year. Well, Creighton went to the Elite Eight last year, and they have exactly zero players from that Elite Eight team on on their team right now, and yet they just almost won the Big East Championship uh, in the conference tournament. So um, I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to tell whether they're hot, quote-unquote hot right now, um, but they looked very good against the Providence Friars on a Friday night. Well, that's, I mean, we, yeah, well, we'll get to them later. Um, uh, Creighton's best offensive play is, like, throwing the ball at the hoop and letting Ryan Kalkbrenner just, like, grab it off the board and dunk it because he's, like, a giant person. The the Big East Championship, for reference, for all of you that didn't watch it, was Creighton versus Villanova, and the halftime score was 19-16. to 16. Nova. Yeah. yeah. Um, 16 first half points. And only down and I, three. <laughs> and, I, and I said to my coworker who's from New York, I said, hell of a fucking conference you got. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it was hard to watch. But then both teams eventually started to figure it out. And like you said, it was get it to Kalkbrenner and get out of the way. Right. Alex O'Connell could not have been colder if, if he tried. Well, because they, the whole team cannot. Like the, whole, like the last five minutes was like, oh, Creighton for three, clank. Oh, good look, clank. Well, like, Villanova was like, please, keep shooting threes. Well, they went, like, 20 great. for 20 from three against Providence, so I think, like, they were just kind of in, like, <laughs> we can do it mode, just keep trying. Yeah, uh, well, okay. I don't know much about San Diego State, surprisingly. Um, every game I watched this year for them in the regular season, they ended up losing. But here they are. So do you know good. anything about this matchup that maybe people You're a good defensive want to team. Know? Good defensive team. Um, like top 20 in defense, good defensive uh, rebounding, which is important against Cockbrenner. They're laying two points here. Um, you know, I think this could go either way. If I had to bet it, I would bet San Diego State, but it's probably a stay away. Who do you have winning the game? I have Creighton. I also have Creighton. Right, let's have fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know why, honestly. I've just watched more games, and I like them. Let's move on to Iowa-Richmond. Richmond, our bid stealers from earlier. Um, yeah. Boy, do they not belong here, and the committee That's said, true. you don't belong here. <laughs> you have to play like the hottest team in the country. <laughs> the yeah. committee really said, yeah, you need to leave ASAP. Yeah. And the Iowa Hawkeyes with, I think, the best player in the country. That's my Whoa. personal opinion. Whoa. Um, Keegan Murray Jordan is, is so uh, <laughs> Keegan Murray is so sick, dude. Like yeah, his no, style of play is so sick. He's just like he honestly reminds me of like LeBron, <laughs> but like the college version of college basketball version of LeBron, where like he can do anything, he can take over any moment. He'll dunk on anyone. He'll he'll make like a weird like step back three sometimes. Um, and yeah, he's unstoppable. 
I'm still trying to recover from you comparing Keegan Murray to LeBron. But do you know what I mean, though? Like, I'm not comparing him to LeBron James. I'm saying, like, if LeBron James was a college basketball player. Not like uh, him as a person. Like, I'm saying, like, what he can do, but college basketball player version of it. I mean, Keegan like, su- He's a three-level a... scorer, for sure, but... Right, and a great defender. And, yeah. Um, well, I, actually, he's kind of quiet, so he doesn't have, like, the, the cockiness and, like, the, the douchiness of, of LeBron. But, Watch yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got the Iowa Hawkeyes there. Um, Providence, South Dakota State. Ooh, did I watch film on both these teams? Okay, so um, Providence is only a two-point favorite. Deservedly so. Right, because they're terrible. I have never seen a team be <laughs> so cold at times. Like, they'll go 10 minutes without a field goal in, in multiple games in, in Big East play. Now, I, wish they had East won. Play. I wish they'd won the Big East tournament so they could be a two seed and I could bet against them in, like, the first round. Like, that would be Holy great. shit. What if they played, like, St. Peter's? Well, would we be, like, looking at that game, actually, and, like, not just, like, picking them? Well, we'll, 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 we'll get to um, We'll get to the two seed. So, uh, South Dakota State is actually the number one three-point shooting team in the country. Yes. Um, they are, as you'd expect, all white. Um, they, you said it on me. <laughs> they are extremely, extremely hot. This is a team that actually, unlike Murray State, who has lost one game since Christmas, they have not lost a game since Christmas. December 15th, to be exact. Um, I don't know how... That's saying much uh, in the Summit League, but a Summit We're League team has won a NCAA tournament game in each of the last two NCAA tournaments. Good stat. So, good stat. Um, what, what do you think about this South Dakota State team? Um, well, like, okay, so the fact that they're two point underdog shows you how close people think that this matchup is like how much of fucking frauds Providence is but the thing is like Providence is so fraudulent that like everyone realizes they're fraudulent you know what I mean like it's so obvious like they're overdoing it so um, like I do think Providence probably wins like they are still like a major conference team and uh, like and they're also on notice like, I think Providence also knows they're not that good so like they're not going to be like oh yeah we'll just walk in and beat South Coast State no problem because like that applies to nobody. Like, there's nobody that they can just walk in and beat no problem. So, I got, uh, I got Providence that game. Now, we'll wrap up, and I, I do want to talk about um, how the fans are actually back for the first time since the 2019 tournament, obviously. Um, this game's in Buffalo. Providence travels pretty well. Um, I think that will actually play a factor into this game. However, I do have South Dakota State. I just think... I like it. The, like, there's always that team in March Madness that is just so hot from three that, like, a team just can't keep up. And you look at the Creighton game the other day where Creighton was just shooting from everywhere and they were just making it. And Providence lost by 40. And, like, there was just no answer. They couldn't right. make threes because they're not yeah, good threes. Happen. That um, could happen. Nate Watson is a beast, but they refuse to play through him sometimes, and it's so weird. Um, so I have South Dakota State. Do you want to get some upset pick? Is it? Is it the next game? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about the. We ups. could talk. We could talk. We could talk LSU Iowa State briefly. LSU has no coach. 
Um, they have no coach. Now that can actually no work. LSU with no coach can act. That actually, we've seen that work in the tournament before, where a team yeah. is just like, "Fuck it, <laughs> we're playing rec basketball now." Yeah. And well, LSU kind of just plays rec basketball in general. Regardless, so. right? Um, so Iowa State. I'm pretty sure Iowa State was like number eight in the country in December, and then went like under 500 even, in conference. They don't even like belong in the tournament. The only reason they're in the tournament is because like they have a few good wins. I was like they did blow out Iowa, so like that's worth something. But like it obviously wasn't the Iowa that, that Iowa became. Like I I got no use for this Iowa State team. Uh, like if Iowa State was beaten... playing a real six seed. They've beaten Oklahoma. They've beaten Texas Tech. They've beaten TCU. They've beat Memphis beat, by twenty. Uh, they they beat, beat Texas, didn't they? Yes, Texas, and yeah. uh, they beat Creighton. So they've beaten yeah. a decent amount of tournament teams. I got um, no use for this Iowa State team. I just, uh, I, I'm gonna change this pick like five times before the game actually happens. But uh, as of right now, my gut is telling me that Iowa State's gonna it's gonna pull it off uh, yeah. in Milwaukee. Wisconsin and Colgate. Is this your no. ups? Okay. I was going to say. I, I didn't even look at Colgate. I think Wisconsin is just kind of like built for this type of thing. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and so we'll it's move on. Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to move on to USC-Miami because I think this is actually the, the biggest pick game of the entire tournament. Okay. Because we have a team that is amazing at rebounding in USC. Yep. Like, yep. Incredible. Yes. And Miami ranks in the bottom fifteen percent in all of Division One in rebounding. So they're probably so in like the three hundred range. That doesn't feel like a pick'em to me. Um, it doesn't. But yeah. USC cannot shoot. Yeah. Miami can. Shooting's overrated. Um, so it's gonna be like a very weird game to me, and I just don't know what's gonna happen. I picked USC. I pick USC. I bet USC. They're laying one and a half points. I bet them big. Um, I don't, don't believe in this Miami team. Um, I like this USC team a lot. We'll get into that later. Um, yeah. Um, so I also have USC, and that leaves one more matchup that you have not revealed your upset yet in the Midwest bracket. Yeah, because it's Jacksonville State over Auburn. Wow. Let's go. This is an Auburn team with State. two top ten picks in the NBA draft. Yep. Tell me about Jacksonville State. Well, they don't belong here <laughs> because they didn't win their conference tournament. <laughs> They're the team that's in because oh, Bellarmine's yeah, not allowed to be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're confused. Yeah, they, they're like, why are we here? They're we like, lost. I thought I could go home. Like, yeah. All right, I'm going to sell you on Jacksonville State. They're, they're obviously the uh, Atlantic Sound regular season champions um, that didn't make it. <laughs> Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out to regular season. Okay, here we go. Here's my upset pick. Okay, Auburn, all young dudes. Like, all, like I have no experienced players. Jabari Smith's obviously a freshman. Wendell Green, a sophomore. Like, Walker Kessler's even like a sophomore. Wendell Green Jr. can and maybe will lose Auburn this game by himself. Him and Katie Johnson. Like, those two guards, like Katie Johnson shot 0 for 12 from 3 against Texas A&M. They will not stop sh- Like, you have Jabari fucking Smith on your team. Like, please just give him the ball. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, the amount of times I've seen Auburn this year, like, be down by, like, 8 with a minute left. And then, like, 
Jabari just like makes every shot and then like brings yeah. it back and then it's like a free throw thing, um, and then they lose. It, it's it's actually wild. Um, but that is interesting that, that you genuinely think Jacksonville State has a chance in this game. So here's why: Auburn can't defend the three pointer, which we've seen in the SEC. Like we've seen them lose games because teams keep bombing away. Jacksonville State has four players that shoot over 35% from three. They have a guy named Damari King off the bench. He's a 50% three-point shooter. Holy 50 shit. 50%. Now, he's not a great defender. But, like, Jacksonville State will shoot, and they will keep shooting, and they will keep shooting, and they will keep shooting. If those shots go in, they can win. This game's in Greenville. It's going to be a lot of Duke fans. It's going to be overwhelmingly Duke fans. If Jacksonville State gets up, this game can get really interesting. And I think Auburn can fold. We've seen this team fold before. And we've seen this team become over-reliant on its young guards that aren't that good when the answer is just get it to Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. And instead, Wendell Green and Katie Johnson are going to take 37 shots. And if that happens, they can lose. Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks, give them to me. Outright. Plus 950 on the money line at Westgate. This would be one of the biggest March Madness upsets of all time if this actually did happen. Bruce Pearl over under two and a half shirts uh, sweated through. Ooh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, if, if Jacksonville State that? wins, if Jacksonville State wins, it's over. Well, oh, oh, by the way, Jacksonville State lost by six in Tuscaloosa this year. They competed in Tuscaloosa this year. Like they can, they're not afraid of the SEC. This is an in-state matchup. Jacksonville State's in Alabama. They're not afraid of Auburn. Like this so is what. So they're actually they're a good team. Like they just had a bad game in the conference tournament. Yeah, they lost saying. to Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. This was the best thing the Atlantic Sun all year. They lost to Jacksonville in the conference semifinals. They can win this game. Will they? I mean, probably not. But they can. Give them to me. So can Wisconsin or Iowa pose a threat to, to go to the Final Four and, and threaten Kansas's run? Um, I would say Iowa more than Wisconsin. Agreed. Um, all right, well, that wraps up our region talk. Um, to wrap up the podcast, I wanted to do what we did a little bit last year and just talk about, you know, our toughest games to pick, our favorite matchups, the, the ones we're really looking forward to seeing. Um, we'll start with you. You could name a couple. I wrote down three. Texas, Virginia Tech, Murray State, San Francisco, Colorado State, Michigan. I'm excited for all these games. Like, these are going to – this is, like, what – these are the types of games that, like, we look forward to all year. Um, you know, 6-11, 7-10, matchups like that. Fun games, cool, like, matchups inside uh, – Stylistic matchups, teams you're not used to see playing against each other. Uh, so that those are the three I'm looking forward to the most. Other than obviously whatever upset ends up happening. I'm personally looking forward to Arkansas Vermont. Okay. Vermont can do something here. I think Arkansas okay. is just a little too experienced, a little too good to lose the game. But I think Vermont is actually a very good team. Right. Um, I have Texas Virginia Tech. Right. Obviously, I think that'll be. An amazing, like, grinded-out game for, for both teams. Whichever one is up at the end is not going to have a fun time trying to close it out. Um, and Ohio State Loyola, obviously. I think yeah. that's going to be the most fun game to watch from tip to buzzer. 
I think it's going to be so back and forth. I think there's going to be a lot of timeouts, a lot of runs halted. Um, And so be on on the lookout for that. Your upset picks or your your most fun teams to watch, even if they don't pull out the upset, in this first round. Well, obviously Jacksonville State, I mentioned them. Um, I mean, UAB is fun. I think they might kind of get, like, suffocated by Houston. Um, you know, I, they, they, like South Coast State, obviously, that, that's that's that'll be a fun game. I think Providence will win and cover, but it'll definitely be a fun game. Um, but yeah, my big upset's Jacksonville State, and then like you got Cinderella's coming next, right? Yep. Okay. Um, well, Jacksonville State, that's my Cinderella. Then going to the round thirty-two, that's a Cinderella enough. True, it is. Well, and and then they get to play like they get to play USC next, which is like not scaring anyone. <laughs> so, uh, uh, my fun team to watch in this tournament, personally, I'm gonna have to go. I haven't even picked this ahead of time. I feel like I, I just have such eyes on Virginia Tech, like just yeah. the way that they're playing right now is almost like, damn, like where has this been? You know, well, they were two and seven in conference, and now they turned it all around, all the way around, and won the ACC tournament. It's, it's just so weird. It's one of those things where it's like, can a team be so hot that they truly are like unstoppable? I don't know about unstoppable, but we'll see. I mean, they that uh, if they do get by Texas, Purdue in the second round, like that's a fun. That's matchup. what I'm saying though. Is like I don't think Texas is a great matchup for them, yeah. but like, are they so hot that it's just like. Who cares? Yeah. And Texas yeah. chokes all the time, so it, it's really not that crazy. I also just love Murray State. You already said South Dakota State. I, I love them as well, but Murray State, you know, it wouldn't be an upset, or would it? Um, they're technically a, an underdog. Yeah, so it, it would be an upset. But but they're higher seeded. Right. It's confusing. So, so it's a little weird, but um, I'm just ever since John Moran, I'm a huge Murray State guy, and he, he's been riding for them, and they're just a really exciting team that's uh, playing really well right now. Cinderella picks, as you said, Jacksonville State is yours. Um, I got more. Oh, go for it. I got Rutgers in the Sweet 16. Okay. And I got St. Mary's in the Elite Eight. Wow. And I got another team from the Midwest in the Final Four. It is not Kansas, or Auburn, or Wisconsin. Wow. Okay. Okay. Or Providence, or Iowa. To keep that in mind for for our later Final Four picks to wrap up the show. Um, I have Indiana going to the round of thirty-two. Not really yeah. an upset, but they would have to win two games to, to get there. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I love Loyola Chicago. It's just it's weird. It's almost like that turning point for them where it's like, are all of a sudden like they like a major, major, mid-major program that, like, comes into play year in and year out, you know. And young can do it coach. with multiple coaches. Can do it with multiple coaches, right? right? Porter Moser leaves. Yeah. It, like, it, Drew Valentine's such an easy guy to want to play for, too. It's almost like they, they've gotten past the hump of being a Cinderella to now we're like, okay, we're getting transfers. We're getting Power 5 transfers consistently. Right. All of a sudden, now, you win a couple more NCAA tournament games. Now you're getting three stars and four stars committing to Loyola Chicago. Over right. places like, oh, I don't want to play at LSU. Like, yeah. I'll just be go be the star at Loyola Chicago type of well, situation. Dan Munson takes Gonzaga to the Elite Eight in 1999, leaves, takes another job. They promote an assistant named Mark Few. It's gone pretty well. 
literally. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Obviously, not saying Loyola Chicago is about to become the next century's Gonzaga, but I think this is a huge turning point for them, and their matchup is very, very good against Ohio State and Villanova. Not super convincing teams. Tennessee, very good, but like it's Tennessee. <laughs> uh, That's true. So we'll see if they, they can make a little run again while Sister Jean's still kicking. Yeah, it's only 139. All right. Well, we already kind of spoiled your biggest letdowns leading with the uh, Auburn Tigers. But what uh, top 16 seeds do you see like really just laying an egg? Um, I could see Purdue easily losing to the winner of that Texas Virginia Tech game, which is signed kind of something that you hinted at as well. But like uh, Purdue, I could definitely see them uh, kind of laying down. I feel like, like I could Purdue, see them like getting blown out in the second round if they like don't try. I just feel like Purdue doesn't do anything exceptionally well. Well, they've really disappointed me this year. Like I thought they were the best team in the country at one point, and I do not feel that way anymore. Um, I actually have Arizona as a little bit of a letdown. I just I'm not sure if I can trust the first year head coach and, and this team that I haven't watched a whole lot. Um, and, and they're in a really tough region as well. So that's I, true. I don't think they make it to the Final Four. Okay. Final Four picks. The 2022 Final Four picks. I hate going chalk. Because, like, it's not going to happen. But I just, I wish I could look into the future and just know. Which six seed will make it to the Final Four? I wish I knew. <laughs> Let's start with you. Who's coming out of the West region? Gonzaga. I also have the Gonzaga Bulldogs coming out of the West. The East. I think we have the same Final Four matchup. We do. We have Gonzaga, the Kentucky Kentucky. Wildcats. That'll be so... Yeah. Can you imagine Kentucky in the Final Four? Please let that happen. Please, please. Out of the South. Arizona. I have Villanova. Okay. I just we think. each have Wildcats. True. And the Midwest. You have the Iowa Hawkeyes. I have the USC Trojans. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not really like that I think they're that good. It's that I think the region's ass and I think like if Auburn gets knocked out as I'm predicting then USC gets Jacksonville State in the second round so that's like a nice matchup obviously um, so if they beat them and move on then they get Wisconsin I'm not convinced by them I think they can beat Wisconsin and I think I'm not even sure if Kansas gets there right like Iowa right like if it's Iowa beats Kansas or something like that and then you have Iowa against USC. I like USC. I'm not even sure if Kansas like takes care of Creighton that easily. Yeah, if, if honestly, that happens. Yeah, honestly, yeah. We've seen Kansas lose in the second round as a one seed before. Many times. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, Villanova playing in Pittsburgh for the first time since Flute Girl. Oh, true. They were a uh, Piccolo Girl. They Piccolo were a one seed that year, and they lost in the round of 32. They're a two seed this year, playing in Pittsburgh. I, I guarantee they're thinking about it. Um. I picked them to win the national title the in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. And then twenty seventeen I was like, enough of this fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> or I had or I had picked them in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Okay. And then I was like, enough of this fucking team. And then twenty sixteen they won the title and I was like, fuck. I can't figure this team out. Um but yeah. 
So I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, Kansas. You have Gonzaga, <laughs> Kentucky, Arizona, USC. Yeah. I, I love that you picked USC, not because I think that's going to happen, but just because, like, something like that is going to happen, and it's just a matter of getting Three it. teams from the West Coast. Getting it right. Let's go. Who is your national champion? Are we going to go Final Four first? Like, are we going to go, like... Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? So like, who, who, Gonzaga, who wins Kentucky. Gonzaga, Kentucky? Who wins? I have Gonzaga. I have Kentucky. Wow. That's awesome. Where is that game? New Orleans? New Orleans. Uh, a lot yeah, of Kentucky fans. Kentucky's going to rep, yeah. Um, so, Arizona-USC? I have Arizona. Pac-12 matchup? I feel like that would, like, warrant USC, honestly, a little bit. They'd, nah, they'd be nah. like, oh, let's go. Like, we've seen this team ten times. Yeah. Kentucky, Arizona, in the title game. Um, I have Kansas beating Villanova in that game. Oh, my God. Then I have Kansas, Gonzaga, really not original. I have Gonzaga winning the national championship and finally breaking through. I have the Kentucky Wildcats. Wow. Beating Arizona. Revenge for the 1997 title game. Wildcat matchup. See, like, I'm, I'm going to change this because, like, this is so dumb. Like, not on this podcast. I'm just saying, like, the... I, like I hate staring at Gonzaga's face. No, I like Gonzaga. I feel bad. I I think it'd be the ultimate like comedy if there's three West Coast teams in the final four and then Kentucky wins the title. <laughs> I love kind of like, in New Orleans too. Like everyone's just lit as fuck. USC has no fans there at all. <laughs> uh, it was like the just the song girls. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, so that that's it. That is the 2022 NCAA Tournament Outlook. Only an hour 40, actually. Way yeah, less than last year. Way yeah. less. It's because it's late at night. Right. And, and we kind of skated over a lot of matchups, you know. Um, yeah. But thank you guys for listening. Any parting words? Um, it's a tournament, man. I'm excited. This is March. Oh, um, like I said before, I wanted to mention, fans are back. And it's this is true. so sick. When UAB goes on a 15-2 to two run and takes the lead and it's just like the crowd's going crazy and like none of them are UAB fans. It's like the right. Tennessee fans are like, holy shit. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it's, just, it's stuff like that happens and it it's so fun. And, and um, there's actually games in San Diego I kind of want to go. I've been barely thinking about it, but tournament sure, it's is only back. Like, it's only like rent. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we're officially all the way back. The NCAA tournament is all the way back this year. And uh, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, good luck filling out your bracket. And we'll catch you next year. Da 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 da